You have no idea the power that God can use through that relationship that you're building with someone else. Hi, I'm Phil, and you're listening to Drinks with the Pastor as part of the Imagine Church Ministry Network. In this episode, we're talking with Angie Spangler, the executive director of Fairmount Camps in Marion, Indiana, about camping ministry, why it's important, and how churches can get involved with it. So let's continue to imagine church ministry together. All right, so we're here with Angie, and I don't want to say too much. I want you to go ahead and tell everybody, uh, you know, who you are, uh, and kind of what uh, what brings you here, and then we'll get into some of the questions about. What we're drinking here, but start off with who you are, what you do. Sounds good. So I'm Angela Spengler. I am the executive director at Fairmount Camp. Um, never heard of Fairmount Camp. That's okay. It's a little bitty town right outside of Marion. And what we are is we are a Christian campground that offers camps for kids, teens, adults, old people. Yeah all ages and we're mainly a summer campground but then we have a lot of fall events things like that that we offer every year all right great all right so the shtick that we have for the show is that you have to bring something and i have to drink whatever it is you bring sometimes it's normal sometimes it's like what i had last time uh you'll hear about all that or you already heard about it uh so what do we have here and why did you bring this to drink? So what you have today is a latte that I got from a local brew house here in town or coffee house uh, here in town. And it is a sugar-free vanilla latte made with almond milk. Okay. I dig coffee. I am really addicted to coffee. So when you asked what drink uh, I was, I'm like, well, why wouldn't we have coffee? I don't understand why we wouldn't have coffee. So that's what I have. Um, I made sure that I brought real cups because I think coffee should be drunk from a real cup. It just tastes better that right. way. And I think coffee is a great conversation mm-hmm. drink. Like you just sit there with a cup of coffee and you just, you know, you just chat with friends. It's good. Now, <clears throat> sugar-free yes. and almond milk. It's, yes. The healthy version of coffee is really what, what it, we have today, it, sort of. Exactly. Also, exactly. I, I, I dig the idea of drinking it out of a real glass. Mm-hmm. I think there is something special about drinking a real glass. I don't drink a lot of coffee, so if as this goes on, I start shaking, <laughs> it's because me and caffeine have a long history together, and sometimes it's not so great. Um, okay, so we, we heard what you do, but tell me, what I want to know uh, is what, what exactly, you say you're the executive director of Fairmount. What exactly does that mean? What do you do on a daily basis? What does Angie's ministry life look like? Yeah, depends on the day. So what that means, executive director just means that I do everything from clean the toilets to preach on Sunday. <laughs> Quite literally. I've pretty, I think last week I did all of those things. So um, it's a fancy title that means that you do anything that needs to be done. However, so what I get to do is I'm... I get to be um, kind of the coordinator behind the ministry. So our goal is to bring kids to Christ. That's our goal, not just kids, adults, everybody, to bring kids to Christ. So through this ministry, I'm able to network with churches. I want to make sure that people know who we are. So I do a lot of marketing. I do a lot of church presentations. So whether I just get a few minutes in front of a church to talk about camp and what it is that that we do, or I get to preach, you know, 
a full sermon on Sunday morning. I get to do that as well. So I just try to make sure that all the T's get crossed and all the I's get dotted and that we do all of the administrative things behind the programming. So I could be working with speakers to bring, you know, to the different kids camps or whatever camp we're offering in the summertime. So I just, I tried to do a little bit of everything, um, but it's, it's a great, it's, a great job. I never expected to get to do anything um, this crazy, um, absolute crazy, but it's it's good. So I just really do a little bit of everything. You're like, um, it's it's such a wide gambit. It's like, I remember uh, I was doing something here and my pastor said, they didn't teach you that in seminary, did they? <laughs> uh, and I said, no, they didn't teach me how to do that in seminary. And I think you know, you said you're, you're managing budgets, you're managing schedules, you're plumbing yeah. toilets, you're cleaning toilets, which is everyone's favorite job in the whole universe. You show up on a thing to talk about camp and like, well, actually, you were preaching today. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's that like that huge wide gambit. So with that wide gambit, mm-hmm. what's been the most surprising thing over the last couple months, whether it's in your job or not? Because you have such a wide thing you are doing. What's been the most surprising thing that's happened recently? Yeah. I think what surprises me the most is that... uh, Okay. So one thing that surprises me is that God chose me to do this. Honestly. I never expected to get to do anything like this. There is never... There are never two days that are the same. And I think really what surprises me is how hard some days are. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be fun, and I get to do a lot of fun things, but it can be really hard. We've been dealing, we had a small electrical fire, and so one surprise is that, um, you know, fires happen, <laughs> and I have to be ready every day for the unexpected, mm-hmm. and I can never get lazy that there's no room uh, for being lazy, but man, God has a good plan, mm-hmm. and so We've been around since 1895. I've not been, I mean, look like I've been around that long. I have not been around since 1895. The campground has been around for a long time. But every day when I think this is it, I I don't know how we're going to be able to go on another day. God comes through and he, he surprises me. God is what surprises me. And just when I think I don't you know, COVID's going to kill us. Something's going to change everything. God's like, I still have a plan and I'm not, I'm not done. You just keep on persevering and you just watch me do my thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to continue down, down this path because, um, you know, big surprise, something new every day. You always see God coming through, um, and such a wide variety of skills. So I think before we talk about camp in and of itself, how do you, because it's such a wide range of things you're, you're doing, how do you continue to be up to date on those things? You had an electrical fire. So do you like learn electrical work, plumbing? Like how do you continue to stay as up to date as you can? Um, because because you're doing such a wide skill set. Um, and there are a lot of pastors out there that are single solo pastors in a church that yes. they didn't know they were the plumber, the secretary, the bank, the bookkeeper, the, all those things. Um, how do, you, how do you stay up to date that maybe they could glean like, oh, this is how I find out about those things? Yeah, that's a great question because um, I've oftentimes said I didn't know that I needed to become a contractor. And, and I've had to do a lot of that through, through the few years I've been there. Um, and no more resources. That's the key is I know that I there is no way any one person can be good at all the things. Mm-hmm. It's just not an option. And so I make sure that I know who I know. 
and who do I don't who do I not know yet that I need to know so try to make friends with people in a lot of areas and so my husband he's done a lot of construction work and electrical work and so I'm like okay who do I need to call about this and so I make sure I I just try to make sure with friends I I may try to make sure that I make friends with people in all areas of life and then a network and I make sure that they know how important they are to our ministry. I want people to know that we're partners in ministry. I can't do this alone and I need their help. And I try to help, I try to make sure that they can see the importance of what it is that we're doing. And even if they're not believers themselves, they see that we're making a difference. And so it's all about networking with the right people and making sure that I keep a good list of I may not know how to do this plumbing, but I know somebody that does. Oh, I got a guy. I got a guy for that. So a great example is recently we made friends with a guy from a funeral home because how weird is that? But he's got the excavator, right? He's got the excavator and I needed to, I needed an excavator. So we called up the guy at the funeral home and I send him really nice thank you cards. But when he's not using his excavator, he'll let me use his excavator. And that's really important piece of equipment. Weird, I know, but important. You, you know, I never would have thought... <laughs> The funeral cemetery guy, but yeah. you're right. They would have that sort of machinery. Absolutely, holes. <laughs> and there's one local, and so my maintenance guy. You, all you have to do is drop him off. He drives the excavator back to the campground. We use it for what we need it to, and he drives it back. It's it's, <laughs> it's what works. No people. That's what you're saying. No people. No people. And you're not in it actually alone. Even if you Absolutely. think you're the only one working in ministry, you know, we we're both come from the Wesleyan tradition mm -hmm. and so kind of hey, everyone's called to a pastorate whether Absolutely. it's real or not real whether it's yeah. you know a paid vocational pastorate or you're of some volunteer exactly. thing and so that's great you're not really alone there's a congregation mm -hmm. there's people around you right. it's a church big C all yeah. working together right exactly very cool okay so whether it's um, a new skill you're trying to learn mm -hmm. or a new like hey I'm I've been doing this recently or something cool that you've been learning theologically or, or something like that. Uh, what's something that maybe you're researching or I've learned recently that you're like, this just blew me away that I learned this. Yeah. So one of the books that I've been reading recently, because I do try to make sure that I'm constantly reading something that is going to help me grow in my faith and, and my spiritual relationship is I've been reading a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire uh, by Jim Cimbala. And it is, it is, it's a book about prayer and the power of prayer. And one thing that I have learned is that if my prayer life is not where it's supposed to be, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And so if I want to draw closer to God, it's logical that I need to deepen my relationship with him. If I want to get to know you better, I need to, I need to spend time with you. I need to hang out with you. I need to better understand, you know, your wife and your babe, you know, I need to know these things. Right. And so it's all about deepening my relationship with God. You do that through scripture. You do that through prayer. And so I've really tried to, um, it's, com it's completely, revamped how it is that I pray, the intensity behind mm -hmm. how I pray, the power that comes through prayer. And so I'm trying to make sure that um, my day starts and ends with prayer, that I 
am meeting with other people to pray. And so I've been meeting with another pastor in Fairmount, and she and I, we are trying to, Fairmount's a fairly small community, but we're trying to make sure that we're covering the community in prayer even. You know, like, I will pray for this business by name because they matter. Um, and so I'm just, so that's one of the things that I'm really trying to make sure that my prayer life is growing and that it's strengthening and that I'm working on that relationship aspect. Cool. A question that pops into my head, um, because I, I know that someone listening to it has the same question. Uh, you know, hey, Angie, we're really busy. We mm-hmm. people who work in the ministry field. How in the world do you balance all that praying with all this other stuff we're supposed to do? What would you say to that? Like if someone said, "There's," you say, I, I'm, I'm, "I'm borrowing excavators from funeral homes. I've got electrical fires. I got a plumb toilets. I'm doing this stuff, but I'm also taking all this time to pray." How do you manage that? Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. I've um, <laughs> I've used the analogy. Just a lot. I feel like I have a lot going on right now. You know, we're preparing for camping season. I feel like you've seen the people, whether at the circus or whatever, and they have the poles and they have the spinning plates <laughs> on them. You know what I'm talking about? And you have see how many poles and spinning plates that you can get. And so what happens is, is I find that here, I need you to take my pole for just a second. Well, but then I may have somebody else that's giving me a couple of more poles with the spinning plates. And so my goal is to just keep the spinning plates, mm-hmm. you know, going. So how do you balance that? How do you keep, sometimes the plates fall. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do is just try to prioritize. And it may mean I really have started getting up a little bit earlier. And I know that sounds super cliche, (laughs) but sometimes it's what you've got to do. I simply, I try to manage my calendar really well. Um, I work really hard with, we just have a staff of three people, three full-time people. I work really hard with them to make sure that we're all balancing each other well, um, you know, we've already talked about how I, I can't be a lone ranger. I have to be able to count on the people around me. I have to know when to ask for help. You know, I have to make sure that I'm communicating with the people that are listening um, and that want to actually step in and help. So you just, it, it takes careful planning. Um, and maybe it means that, you know, sometimes I have to set a plate down and I just have to know which plate is okay to set down and you know, so that they don't come all crashing down. Does that make sense? Makes perfect I mean, sense. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's a subtle statement. It's hard. It's hard. People. But you do it. Hey, we all manage it somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Questions then. In your own words, uh, why, why is camping ministry a mission field that churches should care about? Um, you know, I think I when I sent the prompts to you, I said something like, you know, don't churches have other mission fields to worry about, like other than sending kids off to go down a water slide or whatever for the summer? Like, why should a church take time to promote, spend money, or find value in a mission f- to say, hey, we're going to, one, either pour into supporting this, or we're going to make sure that this is seen as something that's going to benefit our congregation? Yeah, that was probably my favorite question because um, I do consider us missions here at home. And so, And I said earlier, I want to partner with churches in ministry because here's what happens. When you come to camp, we, you have to kind of leave the distractions from home behind. So when you come to camp, everybody is the same. 
everybody is dirty because you're playing hard outside. You know, everybody stinks because, you know, you don't want to take a shower or, you know, whatever. And so everybody is the same once you get to camp. You make friends at camp that with people that maybe you don't make friends with, you know, back home. Because when you're at home, you have all of the modern conveniences and we get all these class systems. At camps, you, you just, you don't have that in the same way. So you leave the distractions at home. You come to camp and we are focused 100%. Of course, we're about having fun, but more than anything, we're about planting seeds. So I want to plant this seed, whether it's the first time you're really hearing about God and what it is that he's done for you, or we're just cultivating those seeds. You know, maybe you've come to camp several times and we're able to kind of water the seeds that we've planted, but then you go home. I get you for a few days and then you go back to life. I don't get to disciple. That's not what we, that's just not what camp is. We're about planting seeds. We, we see amazing transformations happen, but then I need the local church to take over. I need to know that anyone that comes from camp, that they then have a local church, a youth pastor, a, somebody that's going to make sure that they pick up where we leave off at camp and that they can keep things going, that they can continue working with this camper and make sure that they're getting the discipleship that they needed. Because if they go home and nothing else happens, we're gonna lose them. Mm -hmm. We're gonna lose them. So the, I need the local church to come through. So I, I, can, I mean it when I say that we're partners in ministry. We need them to leave their cell phones at home. You know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But we need them to leave those distractions behind. And so what we find happen, I actually, I've started hiring professional counselors to come. So I have, um, you know, family therapist that I have there during the week of camp because these kids, we start dealing with, when we strip away all of the ugly, ugliness that they're encountering in their lives, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that comes up and we wanna make sure that we're prepared for it. And then we have to have somebody that can help, help pick up where we leave off. Yeah, I think when I, when I was a college kid and I worked at a camp, I think our mission statement was something like, we make temporary transformational communities mm -hmm. in partnership with the local church. Something like that, but that idea, it's a you only do get it for such a little bit. So going off that, you have just this tiny window of time in that week, it appears. But why do you think that one week or that three day, whatever, however long the time is, why is that able to plant and cultivate seeds? Maybe at a, I don't want to say more efficient. That's not the word I'm looking mm -hmm. for, but at a, at a, maybe a more, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yep. More efficiently than... Yeah. A church at home could in, in in that amount of time. Why is that one week impactful? Yeah, so. I think it's because when you're there, when you're at camp, you're not worrying about what your hair looks like. You're not worrying about what clothes that you're going to pick out, you know, to go to the service. You know, you, you've kind of, you've done away with all of that. Mm -hmm. And so we bring in people that we know are going to connect. Um so whether it's the cabin leaders that we bring in, the speakers that we bring in, we try to be very relevant to what these campers are going through today. And so like right now we're, we're going through, we are seeing that our, our kids and our teens, they're dealing a lot with depression. 
they have lost so much through this pandemic. They've lost the, many of our kids, they can't even, you know, they're not able to play with other kids like they were just a year or so ago, right? So we try to be really relevant and make sure that we're dealing with the issues that they're dealing with. We want to bring light to the darkness. And once you do that, you hit these vulnerable places in their lives. And, you know, when you when you do that, Jesus is able to do some work and he starts he starts messing around on your insides. And then it just they're also they're in this environment. And when they see, um, you know, the old cliche, you know, it only takes a spark. Right. So they see other campers being touched and things changing. And you're like, wait. I want that. I feel that too. And so it it's just, it happens. And you see this one life that gets changed. And then all of a sudden this life is able to speak into this lives. We start doing a lot of testimonies within the week. And, you know, once, once one starts happening, then you just start hearing about this ripple effect that kind of takes place within the campers. And so I think it's just a matter of there, we have a lot more than just an hour that we spend with them. We're 24 hours a day. We're like feeding into them because, you know, you don't sleep during camp. So you have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. How could a church encourage, you know, people in the congregation or a board or, a, yeah. you know, a budgetary committee to say like, hey, I think this is valuable. And here's why. What are the things that a pastor would say? Hey, here's here's something camp does that, you know, we can't do and why I think we should. Yeah get into a partnership or get into, you know, being a part of something like this. Well, how did, what do they say to, to convince yep. these, these other yep. people? Like yep. they know it's good. Yep. You know, it's good. What do they need to hear? You know, Jesus tells us to go out and to spread the gospel to all areas, local, uh, overseas. You know, he's, he's telling us to go out to all of these areas and most churches they're they tend to be pretty good about supporting overseas missions, mm-hmm. which is great. Obviously, we need overseas missions, but I really consider myself a missionary here at home as well. And there are many times where you may be supporting a missionary in Africa. You'll never go to Africa to see exactly what it is that person is doing. But but what happens is that missionary is able to share stories of changed lives mm-hmm. that happens there on the mission field and your support is helping to make that happen. And so it's the same thing with us. And so when churches come behind us and they're able to help us do things by that support that churches offer us, I'm able to do things like pay the light bill. And you say, there is nothing (laughs) fancy or fun about paying a light bill. However, those lights, when that light comes on, I'm able to, you know, let people see it. You know, I mean, it's, it's Mm -hmm. that simple. I need churches to come behind us and help support the administration and the background part so that when the campers do come, that we're able to actually function in that way. So that support helps us feed the campers when we're there. It is our goal. Um, There are lots of camps out there, and there are lots of shapes and sizes of camps. And I want to make sure that, I think it's important that people are able to go to camp. Um, If you can afford an expensive camp, 
go for it. We are not competition. I don't consider myself competition with any other Christian campground out there. I really don't. I want to make sure that everybody can afford to come to camp. So we try to keep our costs very low. That means I need churches to stand behind me so that I can keep that cost really low so that the kids that can't afford to go to the big fancy camps, that they still have a place where you know, we can plant those seeds that we've been talking about. I need churches to see the importance of those kids that feel, you know, when they're in their schools and they feel like nobody understands them, when they are trying to find a place that they can fit in, that they can come to camp, and that we're all the same, and that we're going to love them, and that we really are working to make a difference in their lives. And I'm telling you, I have seen some crazy, amazing things happen. Kids that come in and they're angry. Kids that come in that are sad, leave a different way. Mm -hmm. And the power of camp is strong, but without the local church, I can't do it. Right. You said camps for more than just the campers or the students, something along that line. You know, I was a as a as a director for a middle school camp week, and I think the people who I got to see a lot of the change in were the people I brought in as volunteer counselors. Absolutely. So you're a church, and maybe you don't have camp age kids, yeah. But partnering in and saying you you can it's not for you, but that's not saying that you're that you're not going to have yep. the life change too, because yep. there is something about being a counselor or volunteering and being like in and among all of this life change that in and of itself is life changing in some way. You know, I was working this side story. I was working at a camp as a college kid. I was running sound. Uh, and that is actually where I felt my call to ministry. I was a volunteer, but it happened at a campground yeah. and I wasn't the target audience, but even yeah. so, right. So it's not just for kids. Nope. It's, it's the volunteers, you know, that's another way to partner. I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, um, Maybe if it's not a monetary thing, but like Absolutely. manpower Ugh. goes a long way. I mean, if you're a yeah. pastor, you know, having volunteers is everything. And you're the, <laughs> you're, you're, you're an extension ministry, a, a yes. mission field that needs mm-hmm. volunteers as well, too. Um, okay. So here's a question. Uh, and, you know, what is something that you wish you knew about this before you started doing camping ministry? So before you got into this, what is something that you're like, man, I really wish I would have known this? Because uh, then maybe somebody out there who's like, oh, I've always wanted to work with kids in that way. Or a pastor who's like, well, I wanted to start volunteering. Wasn't it you wish you knew about camp ministry before you got into it that someone can go, oh, cool, now I know that. Yeah. Um, am I not supposed to scare anybody? No, I don't want to scare them. No, okay. Uh, don't get too <laughs> scary, you know? I got, I, got, I got horror stories forever. but I didn't expect to wear all the hats that I wear. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to be a contractor. I didn't expect to, I just didn't expect some of those things. So I needed to be, um, I do wish that I had been a little bit more prepared. I don't think that there's any way you truly can prepare for whether it's being a pastor, whether it's leading any ministry. I don't think there's any way to act, you know, to really feel like you've gone in, gone in and like, I know exactly how to be an executive director at a camp because you really don't um, that you need to leave your pride at the door because, you know, and be ready for anything. 
So I wish I would have known how to, to better prepare for that. I wish I would have known um, how to not get too caught up in all of the details. I, I My first year was really hard. I was stressed out, like, like ulcer level stressed out um, because I wanted to be perfect. I didn't want to disappoint anybody. I wanted, I didn't want to feel like I was going to destroy the ministry. I didn't want to single-handedly um, ruin a campground that had been around since 1895. But God had to come along and say, you know what, you're a piece of this puzzle. And I've, I've chosen you for this, but you are not Fairmount Camp. Right. Like, I was around and I was running this camp long before you were born, and I'm going to be doing it when you're gone. Right. So don't put so much pressure on yourself, so much pride to think that you can single-handedly destroy the ministry that I've been working on here for over a hundred years. I think that's so universal. Um, my pastor at the church I'm at now says, um, God cares a whole heck of a lot about this more than you do. Um, and, he, and, you know, whenever someone starts to get worked up or nervous about it, he's like, he cares a lot more about this than you do. He's got a lot of skin in the game. Um, and I think pastors struggle with that yeah. uh, savior syndrome. To, to I can't think of a better way to say it. Absolutely. But... If I don't get it just perfectly right, it's going to, I'll destroy it and it's over. And, you know, the Christian church has been around for a couple thousand years. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's going to live past our failures. Yeah. Um, the, the two things I, I said, the two things I said to God when I started, I'm like, God, I don't want to bankrupt us and I don't want to set us on fire. Okay, those were my two big things. They seem logical, and right? You, and you set something on fire. And I've so, totally, yeah. um, we've been super poor and, you know, to the point where I don't know if we can pay the light bill. Like I, our first year, especially, there were times where I'm like, I don't know how we're going to pay this bill. And then I'd get a check in the mail and God's like, see, I got you. I got this. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, as long as I don't set us on fire, you, you, you know, and then we did catch on fire and it's there, but I've watched God work through the fire as well. And it's been, I've had to just make sure that I stay surrendered. Mm -hmm. Make sure that I realize that through it all, I'm going to be okay. Um, and that he's he's got a plan. Mm -hmm. He's got a plan. Very good. What is the most common myth about camping ministry that if you could quelch it for anyone who's like, oh, I know, I heard that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What's the myth that about yep. it that you hear? You go to a church and you're, you whatever, and someone's like, I heard blah, 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 whatever that myth is. What is it? Let's dispel it. Yeah. That uh, kind of touched on a little bit. The camp is just for kids because okay. I completely disagree with that. I think that as adults, we have to get away. We have to strip. We are so bad about keeping our lives so distracted that we struggle with um, making to leaving enough room for God. So I think that's the one big thing is that camp is not just for kids. Like I, we have, there are lots of camps, whether it's marriage retreats. Um, I have a, a, a camp that's just for crafters, right? So we have women that fill the dining hall. They bring all, it's insane. If you're not a crafter, you just can't appropriately appreciate the beauty of a room that is filled with sewing machines and machines that cut like paper and it's just, it's beautiful. But these, even these women, they need to get away from the distractions of life so that they can just be. Right. So you can have fun at camp no matter how old you are. 
Awesome. I, it's good stuff. A machine that cuts paper. I believe those are called scissors. No, no. that is so <laughs> old school, Phil. I mean, now we have fancy machines it's the, the, that. Uh, the uh, grasshopper. Cricket. A, a cricket. That's the one. Sponsor. Grasshopper. Uh, uh, all right. So last question. I always leave this as the last word for for whoever. What's the What's the one thing I didn't know enough to ask, or what's the one thing that you have a platform now to say talk about that it's your soapbox, whichever it is. Yeah. If you are listening to this and you aren't associated with a camp, if you want to come to Fairmount Camp, of course this is a soapbox. I love Fairmount <laughs> Camp. I believe in Fairmount Camp. Look us up. Come to camp. Try it out. You know, just come to, you know, an evening service. Absolutely. But I find I network with a lot of Christian camp, other Christian camps, and I don't consider us, and we've talked about it, um, that we're not, we're not in competition with one another. Your church should be involved with a camp. No matter what your personal convictions are, no matter what you think as, you know, really a church leader, you you should have your church involved with a camp ministry somewhere. I guarantee there's one in your area and you need to find them and you need to love them and you need to see how it is that you can partner in ministry. And you just, you need to, that's what you need to do. Um, and there are lots of shapes and sizes of camps, you know, and you just need to find what your church body needs. Where is it that God is trying to take your church um, and then strip away the distractions and, and make it happen, make it happen. Um, but you need to, you need to find, you need to find an opportunity, um, just to be with a camp. And I just, I can't stress enough the importance of what, um, what God wants to do through camping ministry. And I know it's easy to say, cause it's my job, but I did this. I helped with this camp with camps long before anybody paid me to do it because I was one of the kids that was transformed by camp. Um, I was, I was called into ministry from the altar of a camp. Um, God, God's got a, God has a plan. And we have to make sure that even as leaders of ministry, that there are other ministries that we need to be tag teaming with. Um, I don't care if it's the, the, maybe it's not a camp. Maybe it's, it's the rescue mission. You need to be tag teaming your ministry with another ministry. You need to see how other people operate. You need to, you have no idea the power that God can use through that relationship that you're building with someone else. You need to get outside of your walls. You need to get outside of the building and you need to do something for someone else because then it's going to come back and it's going to change you too. And it's going to, it's going to revolutionize your ministry. Um, it's just going to, it's going to change things. We got to get outside our walls. We get too caught up in Programming is, programming is important. I know that we need to have good, strong programs within our church to help build the people within our church. But if we're not going outside of our church, we're doing something wrong. We gotta get outside the church and we gotta, we gotta work within the community that God has placed us in and start partnering with other people. Awesome. Everyone, Angie, it's been great. We'll have you back sometime soon. Wave bye. Soon. Bye everyone, thanks. Bye.
That's it for this episode of Drinks with a Pastor as part of the Imagine Church Ministry Network. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all of our episodes, as well as check out our YouTube channel for other instructional videos and church tours so that we can continue to Imagine Church ministry together.